Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. It's day two recap of free agency. What a time to be alive, unless you're a Rams fan, and then it's like business as usual, aka doing nothing right now in free agency, which we are going to cover. We've got Jake Ellenbogen with us from Downtown Rams. Jake, what's up, my man? How you doing? Uh, I've I've been better, uh, Brad. Um you know, a lot going on, obviously, but I think the thing that bothers me the most is uh, is the Rams. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's it. A lot going on except for the Rams, and we'll get into that. We're going to talk about the lack of movement, but it hasn't stopped other players formerly on the Rams, free agents kind of moving elsewhere. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the big picture of the free agency, some big names, Tom Brady. Uh, we basically have an understanding of where he's going now. Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, all those big-name quarterbacks are sliding into place. Uh, Only a few landing spots left, and that's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out, uh, depending on where Cam Newton goes or Jameis Winston. So we'll talk about that in the third segment as well. And then we'll also talk about some of the rumors, obviously, that are kind of been heating up with uh, Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks and what they should do with that. And then just kind of what's going on in free agency and how the Rams are going to kind of put this together. Because right now it just seems like Les Snead is self-quarantining himself and his phone got disconnected and <laughs> something isn't isn't connecting right now. And we'll talk about all that. But make sure go give us a follow on social media. You can find Jake at JK Bogan DTR or at Downtown Rams. He was tweeting like crazy today, keeping everyone updated. You can find us at Lockdown Rams, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear. Uh, download the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. We are doing this five days a week, your team every day, only on Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, But with all that awesome stuff out of the way, let's just kick right into it. Let's get into this Wednesday edition. With free agent frenzy the past two days, the Rams have yet to make a move. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by Jake Ellenbogen, and this is your lead story. 48 hours into one of the craziest free agent periods in recent memory, and as of Tuesday night, There's only one NFL team that is yet to make a move or sign a player, and that is the Los Angeles Rams. Zero dollars spent so far, but Jake, that hasn't stopped the rest of the NFL. Key member of the Rams Super Bowl run in 2018 and leading tackler of 2019, Corey Littleton, signed Tuesday with the Las Vegas Raiders. Three years, $36 million with $22 million guaranteed. If you ask me, that sounds like a great deal for that type of caliber of a player kind of gets me scratching my head why the Rams just kind of let that one walk out the door. What are your thoughts on the Rams' lack of movement and really Littleton leaving town uh, for $36 million, $22 million guaranteed? Yeah, so, you know, right off the bat, um, I have no idea what this team is doing. I don't know what their goals are. Um, I don't really know what their plan is. Uh, you know, if, if you know, Brandon Staley's coming in and, and saying he needs his own inside linebacker, I was kind of you know, surprised that it wasn't Nick uh, Kwiatkowski or however you say his name. So um, they actually both went to the Raiders. So bravo there. But uh, all in all, you know, I think Tony Pastor's, uh, you know, kind of blew this one. Um, you know, he's the one that deals with all the, the re-signing and everything. I'm sure Snead 
you know, has a, a hand in that. But um, I, I just think the Rams did a miserable job of, you know, you find somebody undrafted rookie free agent out of Washington, somebody that was considered a positionless player, played a lot of edge, was kind of a tweener. You know, he goes undrafted because he didn't test well. Uh, then, you know, the Rams bring him on. He ends up making the 53-man roster despite missing pretty much all of OTAs due to graduation. Um, and, and to, you know, come in and, you know, play special teams the way he did and, and be a focal point um, on that special teams unit for Coach Bones and then eventually be developed into uh, a starting linebacker um, by, you know, Coach Wade and, and Barry and, and all the guys that helped out with that. And then to see somebody like that, you know, kind of turn into one of the best linebackers in the league. I'm not saying, you know, Corey Littleton is the best, but I, I think it's very fair to say, you know, you're looking at a top eight linebacker, um, arguably the best linebacker in coverage, uh, one of the best sure tacklers, um, despite whatever, you know, people are saying online where he can't tackle. I don't know if they've ever watched a game if they think that, but uh, that's the frustrating thing about this, right? You're you're saying you're kind of saying everything I agree with, right? He checks all the box here, um, and even just looking at some of the past deals that the Rams done. Obviously, we know that they went and gave Jared Goff a ton of money, Todd Gurley a, t- a t- ton of money, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, they were extending players. Uh, with a couple years left on the contract, and they had an opportunity to do the same thing with Corey Littleton over the past couple years, but decided to continue to wait on him. They had an opportunity to franchise tag him. I get that price is expensive, but even looking last year, you do a one-year deal, $14 million or so for Dante Fowler Jr. Comes out, plays well, uh, you know, earns some of those dollars, but at the same time, I just don't get if you're going to be coughing up that type of money for other players. And Dominican Sue, look at that contract when he came in, one-year deal, bunch of money. I just don't understand when you get a guy like this that holds down the middle of your defense, you know, had over 100 tackles, what, the past couple seasons, uh, was a signal caller for you, led that defense that way, and then you just let him walk for, you know, $22 million guaranteed. I just feel like there could have been a way. Uh, you know, they also released Nikel Roby Coleman, freed up $4.5 million. Uh, you know, we're expecting for them to continue to look at ways to get creative in the money ways, and I just, I'm curious what, uh, they plan to spend some of that money on because looking around the league, everyone else is getting signed right now. And the Rams, like I mentioned earlier, have yet to add one player or do one contract uh, here. And so my head is just going like, well, what? Why are you cutting Nikel Roby Coleman? Are, are you loading up to get ready to pay Dante Fowler or, or uh, you know, Andrew Whitworth? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I just don't know how you let Littleton get out the door. I mean, you know four seasons, 315 tackles, eight and a half sacks, six interceptions, three forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, 26 pass breakups, 14 quarterback hits, 20 tackles for loss, five block punts and a touchdown. And who's going to come in and who's going to come in and fill for him? You know I mean? Looking at it'll probably be Micah Kaiser who, you know, people believe is already uh, just as good, if not better than Corey Littleton. Um, you know, Kaiser had a, a promising career at Virginia. Um, I look at him as probably more of a college linebacker, uh, you know, sub package guy can definitely start, but not somebody I would rely on. I think, you know, Traven Howard, um, you know, has some, some upside there. Um, you know, Traven Howard is, is somebody that, you know, kind of remind me of Mark Barron when they got him, somebody that's very athletic, uh, played at TCU. And, and then they have, you know, Troy Reader, who everyone likes to dog on, but, you know, they got another UDFA and, you know, his first year as a, a UDFA out of Delaware, um, you know, he comes in and, and ends up starting uh, 
a few games. So uh, they also have Kenny Young, who is part of the Marcus Peters trade. It's just a lot of really just unproven talent. So you let, you know, the one true guy go out the door and now, you know, to, you know, replace him. Um, I, you know, mentioned on Twitter, there, there are definitely some linebackers out there. Uh, Patrick on or, or however you say his name from um, uh, the Baltimore Ravens is somebody that I would like, but uh, aside from that, I think it's very slim pickings. And I think in a, you know, I'd say a thinner draft in than past years at linebacker, like the one we just saw, uh, you know, with Blake Cashman, um, you know, I, I would say it's a thinner draft. And I think the Rams really blew this one. Uh, yeah. you know, Corey Littleton is just not somebody you, you let leave your building. Um, you do what the Panthers did and the Panthers locked up Shaq Thompson before it even got to this point. Uh, the Rams failed to do so, and yippee, we get a late third round pick. I'm sure that's really yeah. going to matter in the grand scheme of things. Well, and we're going to talk about it because Littleton, not the only one that walked out the door. And yes, we we covered a few, but this defense is going to be a little interesting. And you mentioned some of the guys that could replace them. So coming up, we're going to talk about uh, that plan for the Rams and you know who's left out there and really who's left on free agent world for the Rams and is there potential of them coming back. So we got Jake Ellenbogen. It's the Wednesday edition. We're talking free agency. More coming up right after this. We got Eric Weddle, Nikel Roby Coleman, Michael Brockers, Corey Littleton, all gone. A few other guys that are free agents that we don't know what's going to happen. And you mentioned a couple of those other guys that are behind uh, in that linebacking room that are younger, unproven, have yet to really have the quality snaps for us to understand what type of player they truly are. Uh, but this is kind of reminds you a little bit of that free agency from 2018 to 2019 last year. Uh, when we let Roger Saffold walk, John Sullivan walk, and we kind of looked at a couple young guys and said, yeah, that's fine. They're, these guys will get it. They'll just step in and the rest is going to be all smooth. And then that was one of the biggest concerns for the Rams last year was that offensive line and really just finding some uh, continuity through there. And then at the very end, those last five games that we all continue to kind of lean on and talk about where we saw that offense move a little bit. But that's what I'm feeling about this defense right now is, yes, we've got one of the best players in the world, but uh, it's scary when you think of our front seven and go, well, that's not very good at all. Even when we've got one of the best guys in the world, it's got a bunch of unproven factors. Does this kind of have any similarities to you uh, going back to what the Rams did in their plan with the offensive line last year? Yeah, so I guess really where where I see this going is, um, you know, they're, they're going to let guys walk uh, for whatever reason, whether it be that they can't afford to keep these guys, uh, whether it be, um, you know, the new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator type of combo and special teams coordinator, um, which is why I don't think Greg Zerline will be back a new special teams coordinator. And right. It sounds like he's going to follow coach bones. I guess you could really sum this all up with just, this is what happens when you go nine and seven and don't make the playoffs with a super bowl roster, you know? And I think this also, uh, can be summed up in the, you know, I never really believed in this until recently. And I feel like the cheat code for the NFL is don't pay your quarterback. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't pay your quarterback unless he is Patrick Mahomes. Why are you paying Jared Goff? He did not win you a Super Bowl. He started falling off a cliff at the end of the year. 
it was after the Chiefs game, and I sort of got like he completely fell off, and I thought you know maybe it was the hit he took. Still, kind of believe that because he has not been the same. Uh, but you know the Rams paid him like he just won the Super Bowl, and I think at the time I liked it because they beat the Dallas Cowboys to pay Dak Prescott. Right. And it looked like, right. Like that was going to happen because you didn't want to pay golf 40, but I liked it because I, I knew I saw the writing on the wall that the Rams were going to pay him. It's not that I liked them paying him. It's that I liked, if they're going to pay him, you pay him before Dak gets his contract. Well, guess what? Dallas beat you in that regard because Dallas ended up tagging him. And so they were able to sign Amari Cooper for a long-term deal because they tagged Dak Prescott. Well, also, as, as you're talking, sorry to cut you off, but as you're talking about this whole Jared Goff thing, you can even go back to that draft in 2016. Did they make the wrong decision? Did they need to trade all of that capital to move up and get a guy like Jared Goff when there were other people in that draft that they could have selected? And we've seen even over the past couple of years that there's guys coming out. You don't have to be a number one pick to be, you know, in your eyes, a franchise quarterback. So, was it the wrong mistake from the very get-go to trade all that capital to move up and go get a guy that then, down the road, you had to pay this first-round pick money? Because if he does pan out and he does get you uh, you know, those conference championships and he gets you the Super Bowl or he wins the NFC West uh, like he did, but you know, you didn't start him in that first year, you, you, Like there could have been a different developmental program. There could have been a whole different angle at that quarterback. You understand when you get a number one pick, if he does well, you're going to have to pay him that big dollars. The Rams got there. So maybe I'm even going back to the beginning of this. Was this even, you know, did they go too much in at the very beginning at the quarterback position when realizing this conversation we're having now? But um, that's where they're at. And you're talking about that money spent. And now we've got guys that are still hanging around here like Andrew Whitworth and Dante Fowler. Uh, they also put a free agent tender on Johnny Munt and Coleman Shelton uh, today as well. Those were the only other moves that they made. But again, still not doing anything. I, I think me and you both agree that Andrew Whitworth's coming back. But what do you think for a guy like Dante Fowler? Because looking at some of these guys' money that, that is going around right now, I feel like Dante Fowler is going to call a lot more money than Littleton did. And if I had to pick, I'd probably go with Littleton, and he end up might have be cheaper. So um, thoughts on the couple guys we have left and where they fit in, you know, in this scheme with what the Rams have money-wise? Yeah, I, I would have gone Littleton, as you know. Um, you know, I still think Fowler's a talented player, but I felt like, you know, you definitely should have gone with the inside backer position. Um, I think, you know, the thing that's really troublesome is I'm starting to question this regime. I'm starting to question Tony Pastors. Actually, I've been questioning him for a while. I, I think they're literally that they operate so differently than any other franchise, the way they they you know, sign players. It's ridiculous. But I would I, I question Tony Pastors, but I'm starting to question Les Snead. The reason for that is because he's willing to go out and, and make the, the Jalen Ramsey trade. He's going he's willing to go out and make the Akeem Talib trade and, and Marcus Peters trade. And you know what? Like I appreciate that. Um, you know, as a fan of this this organization, fan of this franchise for years, uh, being in upstate New York, like live or die, you know, ride or die or whatever you want to call it uh, with the Rams. You know, I've seen it all. I, I remember when Scott Covington uh, was under center for the Rams for an emergency uh, situation. Um, and then, you know, talk about emergency. Marshall Falk was the backup quarterback for that game. I remember that. Um, the, here's the thing. Les Snead is 
actually doing more harm than good. And I need to say this because I don't feel like people are actually like, you know, really looking at the situations. I get GMs make mistakes. And trust me, I would rather have less need than a Ted Thompson, who's literally a statue and doesn't actually do anything. But hear me out when I say how many mistakes has Les Snead made? I mean, you could make the argument he made the mistake, uh, you know, going up and, and trading up for Jared Goff. But you could make the argument he made the mistake long before that when they made the trade. Instead of trading Sam Bradford for a first rounder, they asked the Eagles for Nick Foles, which right. knocked the first rounder out of the equation and led to a second rounder. Nick Foles was abysmal. And there you go. You could make you could make the argument that, uh, you know, he made the mistake even trading for Aqib Tlaib and, and Marcus Peters gave up too much. Now they're suffering from it. Uh, you can make the argument that um, yeah, and this isn't just less need, but they drafted the wrong quarterback. Uh, you can make the argument that they've, you know, signed the wrong players. You, you can make a lot of arguments, but I think, you know, really here, uh, as far as, you know, failures concerned, they have done so many things where they have done like, you know, signing Todd Gurley and signing Brandon Cooks and not really holding, you know, strong to that decision really quick to kind of pull out of that decision, you know, and then, of course, you know, the media looks at those guys as like they're the problem. And then the fans will say, well, you can't blame the Rams. They have no money, you know, as to why as an excuse of why right. they can't bring it's back like, well, their own guys. It's like, uh, yeah, you can. Yeah. They don't have money because they don't know how to manage it. And it's been yeah. that way. It's been, you know, lingering like I get. Obviously, you know, you draft Aaron Donald, you pay Aaron Donald. That's going to happen. But this is exactly why if you're going to have an Aaron Donald, that's your quarterback contract. You yeah. have to from now on, you you have to develop quarterbacks and have this endless cycle of rookie contracts because now you can't field a competitive team. Uh, and we're, we're seeing that, you know, you can't field a, a Super Bowl competitive team uh, with the, you know, cap um, hell that you put yourself in for. Lack and that's of the interesting term. thing about the Rams is they were getting almost applauded at a certain point when they paid Aaron Donald. They said, oh, they can do this because they're on this rookie contract. They can go get guys like Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib and make these crazy trades to bring in guys. Yeah. What are they going to do when some of these guys need extensions? But they were still on that rookie contract of uh, Jared Goff. And they were allowed to kind of play around with spending a lot of money. Once they gave him that big money, they locked up. Like you said, they've got three guys, four guys potentially on this roster that kind of have what you would say almost quote unquote QB money taking up a lot of the roster space. And all of a sudden you got guys like Corey Littleton who are, you know, massively productive. And now you got to let them walk for a price that was, you know, almost around the league. If you're looking at some of these signings was, you know, pretty affordable if you look at it. And then, you know, you're, you're letting your second highest graded secondary player in coverage last year walk now in Nikel Roby Coleman because you wanted to save four and a half million dollars. And now you're looking at a guy like what David Long Jr. You got to look to, or are you going to go pick another guy in the draft to go in there and try to do the production that NRC was doing? So um, yes, I mean, he risks, he, he risks it all and he always lives out on the edge and you get guys like Jalen Ramsey, but then, you know, you have him passing on four and a half million dollars, even though here on this podcast, me and you both said that we weren't going to be surprised when this happens. But then when it does happen, you're like, well, I'm not surprised, but I also don't get it. Right. So uh, there are a lot of questions. And the thing is, the plan hasn't unfolded yet. So that's another thing that we just don't know right now, because as we're looking at this, we're going, well, who are you going to bring back? How are you going to fill this role? I named four starters on the defense. 
that are gone and you got to fill them with either guys that are on the roster um, and with the money spent, are you just kind of like, I think you exchanged when we were talking over text, you said, I think the Rams are just ready to just kind of throw the same roster out there and just go, okay, well, we're just going to have to suck it up and see if we can do any better with the same roster, even less, because uh, we just don't have the money to do it. So we'll see. Uh, we got one more segment here. I want to talk to you because you kind of mentioned about backing out of that Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks deal. Uh, and I want to get into that a little bit as well as trying to cover a little bit more of some of the madness that happened uh, I know we kind of tease some of the places, and I know most of you guys listening know where everyone's going, but we'll touch on some of these uh, players where they went. And uh, it was basically everyone we've talked about for the past couple of weeks that the Rams could have likely have wanted, uh, but obviously them standing pat with you know little to no money, all these guys are in new homes right now. So coming up, we're going to talk more about free agency as well as Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks. Are they going to be Rams for long, or are they going to be looking at a new home? So you said it not too long ago in that second segment, talking about uh, the Rams looking to back out of these contracts that they got themselves in, and two guys kind of jump off the table here, and it's uh, they've been rumored Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley. We've seen a little bit of everything from these guys, and we've seen both of them now unfollow the Rams on uh, Instagram, probably Twitter too. I haven't checked there, but uh, it's starting to get a little bit ugly. And with Todd Gurley, it felt like it was always a little bit ugly last year. Even when he interacted with the media, never seemed extremely happy. But Sean McVay always kind of had his back and saying he's doing everything we're asking of him. I need to be better. But here we are in the offseason, and it sounds like they're trying to uh, get rid of both of these players. Uh, is that a good thing? Do you see anything coming back? Is it draft capital we want back? Is it players? Is it just cap relief? Uh, is it a good move, bad move to get rid of both these guys or either one of them? I think it's a bad move all the way around. Um, you know, if this was an opportunity or this this was your you know, last-ditch effort to get Littleton and Fowler, I get it. I just think, like, to me, you're, you're pulling the plug. And, you know, first off, let's just, let's just take a, a sec to look at the outside uh, element of this. Who wants to play for the Los Angeles Rams right now? Like, who wants to come to this organization – where they're starting to look like the Jaguars. And I last mean, year was the opposite. You were thinking, man, we're getting anyone, all these veterans are going to want to come out yeah. here and play for McVay. And it was like the exact opposite as far as a mindset. And now here we are a year later. And now, you know, I, I somewhat agree. I still think there's a lot of selling points to Los Angeles as far as the new stadium, the new market. Uh, oh, yeah, no, know, absolutely. All that, but, right? But I get what you're saying. Like, right now, it, it's like we were looking at the Jaguars and we were looking at, you know, the different players posting different memes. I mean, Aaron Donald just used that that meme that uh, Sly on Twitter uh, did kind of as a joke. You know, the one where um, it's uh, Will Smith. Fresh know, Prince in the ha- empty Prince. house. Yeah, yeah, the empty house. Um, by the way, Leonard Fournette used that <laughs> right after they traded Jalen Ramsey. Oh, by the way, you know, all these uh, all these, you know, these liking, uh, you know, tweets and and, uh, you know, this this cryptic behavior. And I'm not saying social media is the end all be all. Trust me. But this cryptic behavior was that of Yannick and Galway, you know, like the, the it literally is looking like a spitting image of the Jacksonville situation. This is looking like a cautionary tale. The Rams are literally looking like a cautionary tale right now. I'm just I'm just going to be real right now. I think they're a five-win ball club. Um, you know, if they get rid of Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks, like right there. Obviously, they can make moves and they can move up, but right after that, I mean, they've added two holes 
and they've lost, uh, you know, Littleton, they might lose Fowler. I mean, my take really quick on that. My take on that um, would be five wins is a big drop off, I believe. Right. I still think if this team, because looking at you, you're saying you're losing hills or you're you're losing spots on this roster. But Brandon Cooks, like, uh, you know, I, I don't have his stats in front of me right now. I know it was a down year, but you're looking at. You know, are you really? Is that a big, big hole? If you if you can still have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods there, uh, potentially, yes, you may even look at a wide receiver in the draft. But I don't think we'd be that hurt by losing Brandon Cooks on the outside. I may be wrong. I may be looking at this, and we saw the offense slow down a little bit when his absence. And you know, me and you both aren't super huge on Josh Reynolds, but uh, and then Todd Gurley. Really curious what Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson could do with those split carries if if Gurley was gone and a lot of people already trash Gurley and that they think he was losing his step so for most people you're thinking that might even be okay uh but I, you know it is interesting though because you are talking valuable players that were a part of this ride this Super Bowl ride and then on defense is really where I'm almost more nervous because I feel like Sean McVay and the offense will find a way to plug and play guys right they'll get Henderson up to speed start to get him utilized how we thought he would be last year if he can stay healthy Uh, But my defense aside is really what's got me really nervous. And you're seeing some of these guys around the league that are signing and, you know, a lot of guys that we were potentially excited about. And now, you know, they're on other teams, you know, signing contracts right now. Not a lot of people are waiting and there's still a few guys out there. Um, But that's what kind of gets me scary, too. But you're right. I think the Rams at this point, they got themselves into this hole unless they look to move Todd Gurley uh, and Brandon Cooks. But uh, what can you get back for it? Can you get a draft capital back? Can you get another player back that can add some value. And then maybe this trade starts to make a little bit, but you're right. Uh, If, you know, Tampa Bay has been one of those teams and yes, that is the team that, you know, all signs right now, you know, Tom Brady is going to, and they've got two amazing wide receivers down there. Uh, You know, if they looked at a guy like Todd Gurley to show Tom Brady that they are going all in on this thing, I'm sure he'd be happy to go down there and play with one of the greatest quarterbacks. Uh, and a refresh start down there. But you're right, in this division, how are the Rams going to trade that? Are they looking to move them to the AFC? I don't think that's a big concern. I think they're just looking for a trade partner, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and here's here's another issue. Well, besides the fact that less need undersells and oversells. So, you know, he'll give up too much and he won't get enough. Um, you look at the Texans trade. Oh, by the way, if you guys you know haven't seen yet, DeAndre Hopkins is in the AFC West now. He's now with the Cardinals. So you see Twice the Cardinals getting better. Uh, you know, the Seahawks are better right now. The the 49ers are clearly better. So the Rams would arguably be the worst team in their division, and they're not making any moves right now. Instead of that, they're actually they are making moves. They're about to get rid of two of their, you know, top players. And the Here's the the scary thing with this is everyone seems to be okay with, you know, packaging Cooks and Gurley for like a third round pick from Tampa Bay. Um, Let me remind you, Brandon Cooks has been traded for a first rounder twice. Right. Okay, he had a thousand yard season with the Rams last year. He suffered an injury, uh, had some, you know, head injuries. Um, You know, that came up, but he has one bad year and now the Rams can't get that first rounder back. Come on now. Well, also. the thing the thing with him is also he's one hit away from potential retirement. And I think that's what also scares a lot of teams away is especially how it was handled last year. Not poorly. It wasn't handled poorly, but he missed a lot of games. And it was, you know, he took, what, two concussions within it was like two months or something like that. It was close proximity. And then even looking at, you know, over the years, he's taken a lot. I think really for him, 
if he stayed healthy, even if he had a little bit of a down year, I think he'd still have a little bit more value. But I think his injury concerns is kind of what is kind of hurting his value. And then the contract, right? You're looking at his contract going, all right, can this guy finish out his contract and, and you know, all these dollars behind it? So those are some of the concerns. But you're right. You know, I still think he's, you know, if he comes back, if you haven't watched him, he's been working out like a madman. He is highly motivated right now. I think he's got a big chip on his shoulder because, you know, he's not ignorant to all the noise around him and, you know, having one of his worst years and the health concerns stuff. And he wants to come back and prove that he's still got it. So, uh, you know, if he's here with the Rams, which, you know, I wouldn't mind him still being here, uh, you know, look for him to have a good season. But you're right. Those two guys, you know, there's a little baggage when, um, you know, releasing them because of their contract size. And and that's the thing for less need. You talked about, you know, buying high, selling low, or, you know, kind of not getting the great value both ways. But we're sitting here and he has yet to make a move. And that's the problem. You talked about the Seahawks getting better. Arizona Cardinals are getting immensely better with some of their talent. And they still got a lot of draft picks to work with in this upcoming draft. And then obviously the 49ers, they've done a good job. They got two first round picks. They've, you know, re-signed a lot of their guys that were key pieces. They still got a quarterback they believe in. And now here are the Rams. What are you going to do? We went and got Jalen Ramsey, and that felt like exciting last year. But now all of a sudden, it's like we gave up all those picks. We don't have a lot of money. What's our next big move to kind of get back in the mix here? And you're right. I'm not sure we really have one in play right now, and that's going to be up to Les Snead to do it. And then if he does do it, are me and you going to sit here and go, well, now he's just getting desperate. He's trying to hang in on this division. Is he giving up too much? Uh, are we putting ourselves in trouble in the long term? Would we rather just have Todd Gurley? A lot of this, there's so many questions with it. Uh, Jake, I'll throw it over to you to get some final words in here before, right before we wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, you can't send Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks to Tampa Bay. <clears throat> if you have any hope, and keep in mind, you know, NFL teams, they're always trying to win a Super Bowl. So if you have any hope of winning a Super Bowl, don't give Tom Brady, Brandon Cooks, and Todd Gurley on top right. of what he already has. It's right. just ridiculous. But I mean, I'm going to say it. Okay, the Rams need to trade Jared Goff. They they need to. I, I mean, they absolutely need to trade Jared Goff. I, look at what they've already done. I mean, Jared Goff, if he plays the way he did last year without that Super Bowl talent, they're a five-win team. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll stand by that all the way. I was really hoping they were going to be able to do something where they trade Jared Goff. They get Tom Brady from the Patriots. Goff goes to the Patriots. They get, uh, you know, a second rounder or something along those lines. And then they go with a Goff, Cole McDonald or a Goff, Jacob Eason type of platoon where, you know, or not Goff, uh, Brady. So you, you have Brady and um, Jacob Eason or Brady and, and McDonald. So you have two. Uh, you have your quarterback for the next two years because Brady, I felt like, was going to sign a two-year deal. He wants to play till he's 45. So the Rams have Brady for the next two years, and then they would have either Eason or McDonald, guys that can work out of the pocket, have have pocket mobility, can keep plays alive. McDonald, more than anything, um, ran a 4-6 at the combine, has one of those cannon arms. I just think, to me, Jared Goff isn't going to cut it. The the roster is now losing talent. So what you saw before, and it's not even that I think he's bad, but I think we need to stop, you know, babying the guy. He was the number one overall pick. Guys like, you know, if you're a number one overall pick, you have to be like Andrew Luck, in my opinion. Somebody that can come in, and clearly he is the focal point, and he is actually making everyone around him better. And I question if Goff can truly do that. The one thing I love about Goff is he gets up after every hit. He's got great durability. Um, but 
it's he needs weapons. And let's not forget, you know, his ability to work off schedule. It, it's been because of Todd Gurley. So now right. you're taking that guy out of the building and you're asking him to do more than what he's had to do. And with lesser talent, I just don't like it. I think, you know, now you're starting to see why you, you don't pay the quarterback. You know, the rookie deal made this team was able to build this team and was able to push this team with great coaching to the next level in, in nearly two years time. And now all of a sudden you're paying everybody and you're starting to see and become that cautionary tale. That's just all my thoughts on that. Yeah, it's going to be a big year for Jared Goff because, again, a lot of this of his contract has put this team here. And again, it's not Jared Goff's fault, right? You talked about, um, you know, the organization kind of putting it in this situation. And then all of a sudden we turn back and look at the players like you guys need to restructure. And it's like, well, no, these guys got us here. Right. And so but it is a big year for Jared Goff. He's got to go out there and prove it, it was down year for him. Uh, because you're looking at the other quarterbacks that are making that type of money right now. And those are guys that can take over a game. And if a team is down, you know, 20 points, he's going to bring them back. And you feel that confidence through the quarterback to make plays, to kind of put the team on their back. We didn't see a lot of that from Jared Goff last year. Uh, and he just kind of looked uncomfortable at times. Yes, he finished strong. Yes, we saw a reemergence of Tyler Higby. And, uh, you know, we'd like to see Todd Gurley get back to it if he's here. But there's a lot of questions up now, right now for this Rams roster. It's going to be interesting, and we have yet to see the Rams make a move. I think that's our biggest thing right now is we have so many questions, and they are unanswered, and it just the rest of the NFL is moving full steam ahead, and the Rams are uh, look to be twiddling their thumbs right now and trying to count their dollars and figure out, you know, how can they spend it on, you know, a, a 37-year-old Andrew Whitworth, and that just, you know, gets you scratching your head again. We need them back, but got to figure out other ways to fill this roster because guys are leaving left to right. Uh, we got a couple guys that are eating up a lot of roster or we got a couple guys that are eating up a lot of dough. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Just can't wait to see what Les Need's going to do, because right now we have no clue how this thing is going to happen. Who's going to fill this roster? We've got plenty of holes, not a lot of draft picks, not a lot of money. Same problems, but the rest of the NFL is moving along and we're just kind of sitting here. So, uh, Jake, we appreciate you jumping on and talking all this free agency madness. Uh, we can't wait to get you back on and talk more about this. Hopefully by next time we talk, we'll have a little bit more to kind of uh, look at as far as what the Rams have done, but appreciate you coming on my man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, last thing here for people that are like, there's no way you can't trade Jared Goff. Uh, Tom Brady just left the Patriots who thought before the season started, that was ever going to happen. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Anybody can be traded. Anyone can be traded. Tom Brady had the power in that situation, of course, and and Jared Goff, it's really up to ownership to do it and can they get out of it. But again, just like Todd Gurley, just like Brandon Cooks, you got to find another team that's just as crazy to come in and take that contract. But hey, you never know. Let's start calling the Patriots. They've got a quarterback empty. Uh, maybe we'll call the Chargers. <laughs> They've got an empty spot. Let's keep them. <laughs> Let's keep them in L.A. That'd be an interesting one. Uh, but we'll see right now. He's our quarterback, and I expect him to be on the roster 2020. But uh, with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace.